Hello, hello, my party people. I'm so excited for you to hear this podcast with Eric. He is obviously one of my dear friends and has changed my life quite honestly more than anybody in this profession as a mentor and as a friend. And so I cannot thank him enough for coming on here. I have to tell y'all, he told me that we need to get to a thousand reviews. He also told me that if you guys tag him on Instagram in the story and me, he's just at Eric Worry. He told me that he will have me on his podcast. So if you want to see me collaborate again with Eric Worry, or if you just want to be my friend, because that's so useful for me, this is, this is your cue to harass, hashtag harass Eric Worry 2020. (laughs) And please shoot him a uh, Instagram message when you're tagging this screenshot in your story. I would also just love, I would just love to know your biggest takeaways as well. And if you didn't already see it, I promised y'all there was a big giveaway. And so you have 24 hours if you are this person whose review I am about to read to collect $110 for reviewing this podcast with a five star review. So it's easy, y'all. All All you got to do is log on, review, share and subscribe and we are giving away big cash prizes here on this podcast and so you have 24 hours from right now to dm me on instagram and claim your prize is cool i-z-c-o-o-l five-star review ball of energy i love listening to her podcast and igtv she has so much energy to give that after you listen to her you feel like you've been infected by the bossly fever bossly fever side effects may Make you want to work harder on your business. Be the leader and do it with such enthusiasm. This lady is so inspiring. How can someone who's so successful seem so approachable and down to earth? Business advice and social media advice are so spot on. I love, love, love her. What are you waiting for? Get yourself a dose of Boss Lee daily. Well, it's cool. I'm not sure who you are, but get yourself $110. Slide in my DM for the next 24 hours. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for all of you who leave reviews. And you still got a shot, of course to earn your money too. So get your friends to review, write a review. I love it. I appreciate it. And on to the show. Hello, hello, everybody. What's going on? It's Jesse Lee. You can call me hashtag boss Lee or the people's mentor. And today on this episode of the podcast, I truly have one of my favorite people who has made a bigger impact in my life than probably anyone if it's a measurable thing. And so I'm really excited for you to hear from him. And I will definitely get into the story of how and why he changed my life. And I think it will help so many of you you. Uh, We don't have a hundred hours, but if we did, it would be worth listening to the podcast for that long. But I want to tell you about this man because he is seriously so near and dear to me and means a tremendous amount to me. So uh, if you haven't figured it out already, in case you can't read, it is Eric Worry, the one and only. Uh, But I want to tell you a bit about him in my, from my own perspective and So not only is he Mr. Network Marketing Pro, as you all know, but he truly is just one of those people who has a servant heart and, like I said, has just shifted my entire life. When I met him for the first time in 2016, uh, I'll never forget. I was at his six-figure summit where you had to prove that you were a six-figure earner, and I walk in there, and I kind of was little Mrs. High and Mighty, like, oh, I'm a six-figure earner. I've made it, and he does this thing at every event, and I think sometimes you're just in that place where you are ready to hear something, and I was ready to hear it, and he had people stand up for making six figures, and then stay standing at 250 and stay standing at 500, 750 and a million. And by him doing that, it just showed 
me what was possible. And then he, he pointed to the back of the room where at the time Jeff Roberti was making or had made, I guess, $90 million or something. Not that it's normal. Uh, and I just thought to myself, what? I'm going to listen to everything this man has to say, and I'm just going to go into implementation mode. And so not only is he an incredible trainer, and I've learned so much from him, I can't even quantify it in a podcast or anything like that. Uh, and not only is the trophy behind me, of course, his million dollar earner, uh, a year award, but he just has such a beautiful heart. He's an incredible father. He's an incredible trainer. He's an amazing husband. And I love his relationship with Marina, where I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit too. But I just hope you know, Eric, I'm speaking just directly to you right now. I hope you know that you have shifted truly millions and millions of lives based off the ripple effect of people, the big leaders like myself, those mid-range leaders, and you just give hope to so many people around the world. Uh, I love spending time with you. I love making memories with you. I love strong-legging with you across the world from Australia and back, and you are absolutely one of the nearest and dearest people to my heart because you've truly, truly changed my life. And so with no further ado, I would love to bring to the podcast the one and only Eric Worry. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing, Jesse Lee? I'm unbelievable. Quarantine has me next level productive. So I gotta say, God bless it. Usually I'm on tour. So isn't that something? <sighs> I kind of expected things would might slow down a bit, at least people trying to analyze it or something. But uh, business is exploding in every direction. So maybe we should talk about that first of all. Uh, mm -hmm. What have you seen? Because, you know, I'm in your mastermind. And yeah. months ago we talked about it and you were like, I don't know. Network marketing grows every time there's economic contracture. And yet again, I just stayed a student. <laughs> it's like if Eric says get in on it, I'm going to get out in on it. So let's chat a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, with the last economic crisis, 2008, 2009, 2010, we do okay. in. Re uh, we do pretty good in, in uh, recession. If it really gets bad, then it gets bad for everybody. But um, I, I kind of expected things might slow down a bit, uh, at least while people figured it out. But it didn't happen. And I think for three reasons. One is people are still buying. They're very concerned about their health, the health of their families, the health of their households. So they're okay <clears throat> to purchase things that are either, and it's not just health, but it's uh, distraction, it's fun, it's whatever. I mean, virtually every category inside network parking has grown because people haven't stopped buying. Um, at some point that might occur, we don't know, but, but as of this moment, that has not occurred. So people are still buying, number one. Uh, number two, people are more open-minded today to exploring a work-from-home option than they've ever been. And I think that is a, a long-term consequence. Mm of of this it's even when this is all over what do you I think mean by that be, when th when when there's uh, treatments for for this virus and there's no social distancing and everything else i think people are just going to say you know what i want to work from home yeah. i don't want to go back to an office uh i think commercial real estate is going to really struggle because i i 
think people are going to want to go back to those boxes and go through the traffic and everything else because they're finding ways through Zoom and everything else to get productive at home. And if they can find a way to be able to earn from home, work for themselves, I think more people, not everyone, but more people than ever before are going to explore that. And we are, in my opinion, the best option for the average person to be able to work from home, get lots of support, low price of entry, um, you know, all the benefits of our profession. So that's the second thing. I think people are open. They're ready to have a conversation. They're ready to become educated. They're not closed-minded. They're not cynical. They're just saying, hey, look, you know, I'm going to explore everything and let this be one of the things I'm exploring. Third thing is we have time. Mm -hmm. I mean, the month of March felt like it was six months long. The month of April felt like it was a year and a half. I mean, we are getting so much done. Yep. Um, and you look at the growth of Zoom and <clears throat> other online platforms. Zoom had 10 million users in November. Um, as of the middle of April, they had 200 million users. What? 10 days after that, they went to 300 million users. So they went up 100 million users in 10 days. Why? Because everybody's going, well, I can just do my meetings right here. Yep. I can connect with people right here. I can have coffee with somebody right here. I could just have this simple little process right here. Yep. And you see other platforms, and who knows you know, who's going to be the long-term winner with these platforms, but uh, Facebook and different places are coming out with different options to try to compete with that and offer services. And that's great. All, all those providers uh, offer different benefits in order to be able to compete in that space. But virtual connection is going to become more and more robust. So for, for all those reasons, we are very productive. Yeah. Um, commissions are up. Rank advancements are up. Sales are up. Enthusiasm is up. Momentum is up. And uh, I think... Rather than this con this slowing down as we get through this this global event, I think it's actually going to sustain and speed up because everybody's going to have so much proof of, of this concept yep. that more and more people are going to dive in. So <clears throat> I, I think uh, what, what I, well, the way I view this is, is there's been a flood around the world that we have an unlimited supply of life rafts. And we can help as many people as as wish to be helped. So I want to go over a couple of those things really quickly. First of all, uh, with momentum, you and I have had so many conversations about this because I'm this customer monster. I have to tell you, I was I was going to tell you on a mastermind, but I forgot to. Uh, or I was going to text you. I was going to do something and tell you. We have over 3,000 new team members in the last 30 days. Like you of all people know, you know, that's what y'all can't see his face, but his eyes just basically fell out of his head because he knows that that has been like the thing. He's like, Jesse Lee, if you would just recruit, you'd throw the sucker into momentum. So here we go. Here we go. Uh, but the other thing I, I want to know, because you've done a fair amount on Zoom anyway, uh, i.e. Your, your top level mastermind. I'm sure you do other stuff. You've done trainings for me and my organization before with for six, 700 people. I've had Marina on. I know you do it basically all day, every day now. What are some shifts specifically that you have made since this quarantine, since you can't travel either? I mean, you were doing events with 60,000 people in Europe just a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. um, 
what are some shifts that you have made? And another part of that question, what are some shifts you have already decided you're going to keep? You're like, this is, this is definitely a forever thing. Well, uh, face-to-face events are always going to be very important for our business. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much social proof. There's so many decisions that are made. There's so much. There's so many good things. Relationships that are built, uh, experiences that happen. Leaders are born at these big events. Yes. So those are still those are still going to happen. We don't know when. We don't know the rules. We don't know the criteria for that. Uh, but what I one of the things that that we did here is um, we're fortunate to have a studio here in the house. You guys, his studio have... literally looks like he's like NBC, MSNBC, Fox News. <laughs> like he's, yeah. he literally and, is like the Eric Worre crazies. It's ridiculous. I'm well, obsessed. And, and, and frankly, it was just a bunch of editing equipment for <gasps> different video work that we we've, we've oh, done. God. But we you know we built the stage. We got all the fancy stuff, and uh, <laughs> so. The ability to produce high quality stuff pretty quick, uh, live sometimes, pre-produced sometimes. Uh, I, you know, that that's something that our game has been improved, and, and we're going to con- continue improving with that. I mean, we're working on different lighting packages and camera packages and all different kinds of stuff, literally as we speak. Uh, <clears throat> expanding that out, making sure it's all dialed in being able to have call-ins being able to have uh, special guests being able to really produce all good content one of the things i did early april is i i was going to do an event in los angeles called the gopro world tour it was was a free event Um, we rented a room in los angeles we're going to have people there everybody registered and everybody's excited and then we couldn't do it it was supposed to be the end of march so instead we did what we called a GoPro World Tour Online, mm-hmm. which is a three-hour event. We had Tony Robbins and Les Brown and Bob Proctor and Harvey McKay and Pete Vargas, Marina, myself, three hours of just content. We had 90,000 people on this event. <clears throat> 90,000 people. Now, I was going to have 1,000 people in Southern California for that live event. We had 90,000 people online. So it was like and the technology was glitch-free. It was really, really slick. So we, we, have, we have other events that are coming up like that. So I think moving forward, I'll, I'll likely do a big event like that, maybe a themed event. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's a six-figure summit. Maybe it's various different things with various different topics and experts, probably once a month, maybe once every three weeks. We'll do that globally. And um, so I think that's going to stay. I've seen companies do virtual conventions in many different forms, um, whether it's and, – and we kind of don't know yet what's the best format. Um, just a few days ago, uh, a company did a 12-hour event um, live translated to six different languages um, on six different platforms for 12 hours of global thing. I think I was part uh, of that. For, I think I trained on that. For their convention? Yeah. Yeah, you could have been. I, I was too. Was that in Europe? So, uh, no. Okay, I did one in Europe last no. week. Yeah, yeah. 
So that that was 12 hours. I don't know if that's the right format yet. Maybe it's a three-hour condensed thing. Maybe it's a series of two-hour things to be able to hit time zones. Maybe you do it live with different languages. Maybe you do it in, in your core language and then you translate it afterwards for cost savings and then you rebroadcast the different languages afterwards. I'm not sure where that's all going to land, but I but I am sure we're going to figure it out. Yeah. So there's a lot of online uh, conventions being scheduled and used now and through the summer. Uh, there's a, a client that I work with in uh, in Europe that I do a big events with, and they're doing a tour in a bunch of different languages. So twice a week, they do about a one to two hour event for Italy, and then one for Germany, and then one for Austria, then one for you know United States uh, with different guests and different themes, and, and that's working well for them. So I see that happening in the meantime. I, I think pieces of that will stay. And I think conventions, I think most of us cannot wait <laughs> for social distancing to be over and for us to connect and give each other a hug and be able to not be worried sitting next to somebody and not be worried about a mask and all that stuff. Uh, I, I'm hoping that comes sooner versus later. Um, but in the meantime, you know what entrepreneurs do? They adapt. Yeah. I mean, you, you, know, what, you what, taught me that a very long time ago. <laughs> right. What are the cards that you're dealt? Play the cards. Yeah. Play, you're the cards. play the best you can. And that's it. Um, I, I love the importance of what you said. Well, you said leaders are born at events. And so even though we have mm -hmm. all this technology and we, we've got the zoom meetings and some teams are super, super structured. I'm probably have no shock to you super structured in this time. Uh, but I, I cannot stress it enough because you mentioned six figure summit. So that's why I'm bringing it up again. Yeah. I truly would not be the leader I am today. I would not have the business I have today if it were not for sitting my butt in that chair for however many days the six figure summit was, I don't remember. And just say, you said something right at the beginning. You're like someone sitting in this room and they're going to implement everything and they're going to explode. And I was like, right. "Oh, it's gonna be." How, me. How, long, how long was that? How long was that event? I think it was either I don't see. It two went days, maybe? two days, I think, and then it went straight into GoPro. So it was like six straight yeah, maybe days. Maybe a day and a half. Here, here's the, the difference between online and and a face to face event. You were in Las Vegas. You were sitting in the room. You were surrounded by people. I spent seven hundred fifty dollars, by the way, and I remember being like, "This is overpriced. This is so crazy. Why am I spending seven hundred fifty bucks to let this? Since I don't even know this man." And I was like, in the first four minutes, I'm like, "Oh my god, I got my money's worth." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So, but but here, but here's the difference. The difference is if we would have hosted that event online, for example. One thing I know about you, you're not going to sit glued to your computer for a day and a half. No. Nobody. You're going to be running around the house. You're going to be working out. You're going to be making stuff. You're going to be distracted. You're going to be texting. You're going to be, uh, you know, doing Zooms in the middle of it. You're going to be, you know what I mean? Uh, you're you're going to have 15 tabs open on your computer. and Well, now that we know that Eric has video on. cameras in my house, everybody, okay? I'm feeling yeah, a little attacked. Running around, <laughs> doing the stuff. Uh, so, you know, you're going to be playing with your dog and everything else. So there's a difference. There's just a difference in how we learn and how focused we are. Yeah, for sure. And we just have to just know that, be okay with that. And, uh, and when we get back to 
a focused learning environment in events, then we need to we need to jump on that as quick as we can, in my opinion. For sure. So you clearly are an innovator. Uh, I, I've seen you come up with so much stuff in the couple of years that we've known each other, and I've just watched and stayed a student and uh, been as plugged in as pretty much humanly possible. I was wondering, uh, where do some of your best ideas come from? Like, for me, I, I know where a lot of mine come from, but do you have maybe a system around it where you come up with some of your innovative ideas? And my second part of the question is, are you the implementer? Like, what makes you just go, go, go? Or is that Marina, where, where does this all interconnect? Well, most of the innovation, I would say, and ideas just comes from, I think if I have an asset, it's a, a, an unusual awareness. I pay attention to things that other people miss. I see trends that other people are, it's invisible to them. Uh, I see where things are going before it's obvious. So I'm able to adapt around those things a little bit better, a little bit faster, a little bit quicker than other people. And I think that gives me an advantage. Now, when it comes to implementation, people view me as, wow, uh, I mean, this, this will sound braggadocious and it is not meant to be, but <laughs> very prolific. Wow, he's kicking out a lot of stuff, very busy doing all these things. Uh, he puts out all this content, but in reality, I'm incredibly rebellious to structure. <laughs> so Marina does an amazing job of creating structure around the ideas that I come up with. Sometimes I don't give the team a much, much notice, uh, with those types of ideas, but, uh, we have a, what I've learned to do is to build a team to accomplish what needs to be accomplished mm. and, and have the team hold me accountable to those things uh, versus me holding myself accountable. I'm not a good manager. I'm more of a strategist mm -hmm. than I am a day-to-day -day manager. If that makes sense. Yeah, you're a visionary, I would say. You see the big yeah, picture. Yeah, visionary and, then... and strategist, though. Yeah. A, a, a tactician as far as how are we going to get from point A to point B? What's the best way to get there? Uh, but I, I'm super bored with the details of behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. No, we are definitely kindred spirits with that. <laughs> My, uh, you know, again, thanks to you. Shocker, everybody. A lot of thanks to Eric Worry on this podcast. So make sure you screenshot this. You put it in your Instagram stories. Tag me and Eric Worry if you're getting any value already whatsoever. I'm sure you are. But, uh, you know, you had been kind of, I wouldn't say harping on me, but you kept saying, is that all you? I'm like, yeah, it's all me, Eric. It's all me. And I think you were starting to think, I don't think this woman sleeps. Like, this is getting too much. And you kept saying, get a team, get a team, get a team, get a team, get a team. I'm like, really? Like, do I need, well, you know, business really is exploding over here and has been for quite some time. But I do have to say a lot of that is delegating weaknesses out to other people so I can focus in on my strengths. And there's no difference in what Eric does, which is not build a network marketing company. Eric's not building anything anymore. He's had tons of success in his past building multi-million dollar organizations. Uh, but I would just say, 
it's the same here where he's building his team around him to support his goals, his strategies, his visions. And then what kind of team can you build around you in your network marketing business, whether that's the actual team itself inside the business, or if maybe you're a big leader listening to this, because I mean, we've got the Ann Fishers of the world listening as well, right? She'll love the shout out, <laughs> but uh, you know, who need an actual support team around them. So I love that. Will you um, maybe go over some of your weaknesses that you know you have and, and uh, just to, because guys, I know he's starting to sound like not human. He's just so good. So what are some of Eric Worre's weaknesses? Get, get ugly with us. <laughs> Resistance to structured, uh, to structured authority of any sort. Uh, if they tell me I can't drive faster, I want to drive faster. If they tell me I shouldn't eat something, I, I want to eat that thing. I, I mean, don't know. You're looking pretty know. lean. You're looking pretty lean, friend. Yeah, but, but it's because it's my idea. Mm. If it's my idea, I have no problem doing it, but... If it's not my idea and somebody tells me I have to, I do not like it. Mm. I am not happy. Mm. So, so yeah, I mean, for me, that's probably, that's probably a big, the, the biggest one that's held me back from, from doing what I need to do. My consistency is, is it's it probably cost me. 10 to $15 million in commissions over the course of my career as a distributor network marketing, just being inconsistent. Wow. Hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. You know, I'd be totally plugged in. Then I disappear for two weeks. I'd be totally plugged in. Then I disappear for a week. Um, I'd be really dependable. Then I'd be undependable. And that inconsistency was really rough. So rebellion to structured authority um, so I, you know, what I, I learned to kind of cope with these issues in my personality by tricking my mind. So if I come up with like long-term things that I'm supposed to do every day, I rebel against. But I would give myself a three-day challenge to do something. Mm. And then I'm okay with that. I get my, I, so I learned to kind of, build my life around project to project to project. I'd go to this project, I'd go to that project, I'd go to the next project, I'd go to the next project. And I'm pretty productive when it comes from going project to project. Not so much on, you know, the, my daily routine. I, I want some of the people like, you know, some of your friends, the Susan Sides, the Hayley Madison's, they're so disciplined. Every minute of every day is scheduled. And you got to go through different uh assistance and you got to schedule this different time i mean if you tell me i have an appointment tomorrow at 2 p.m i'm now unhappy <laughs> wow i mean you know what i mean it's just like mm. um so Once, i'm sorry to upset you with your 11 a.m podcast that was on no, your I, was excited, I was excited about this but even, <laughs> even so i had to have a support system of three different people okay to remind me that I had this to send me the link, you know, and to make sure the laptop was set up effectively. So it was going to record properly three different people. Just for you, you know, to sit so, down and be on time. I love it. I love the honesty. Yes. Yes. So that's, that's been, um, for me, coping mechanism, uh, 
the biggest coping mechanism is I have to screw it around and figure out whatever it is that I want to get done. It needs to be my idea. Mm. Number one. Uh, and number two, I have to trick my mind into being productive by having short-term projects. I really love that because I know the question would have been for people, well, you know, if he's lost 10 to $15 million in commissions, how did he decide to become consistent? And I do like that. It's almost like gamification. And so for those yeah. of you who are listening to that, he just told you, take, give yourself a three-day challenge. You know, give yourself um, maybe... Listen, I, I made $15 million, but I could have made twice as much. Right. Oh, I made what? $15 million in commissions. I could have made twice as much if I would have just had a baseline of consistency. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I get I get a wild hair and I would just go crazy about some project and then I I'd, I'd go on cruise control for too long. Yeah. Uh, and I would lose the momentum that I built and I'd do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And what I realized, Jesse Lee, is a lot of it in my network marketing building career in the field had to do with self-sabotage. Mm. It had to do with my own self-worth. I didn't feel like I was worthy of the income that I was earning, that I deserved it. I felt like a phony, felt like a fraud, felt like an imposter, and I felt like I was going to get exposed any minute. And so when I got uncomfortable with high income levels and stuff, I, I would sabotage it in unconscious ways. I would sabotage my wealth with bad investments, bad partnerships, bad relationships, um, spending money like a drunken sailor. Uh, I would sabotage it with my team. I would get into unnecessary fights with the company or with my downline or whatever wow. for no reason. I would sabotage uh, my own productivity uh, by being inconsistent. And it would bring me, you know, because my, my founding kind of, my core belief system is I was the scrappy underdog. I wasn't the champion. Mm. You know? I was I was the Rudy. Yeah. Um, I wasn't Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. You know, so I related more to Rudy in the movie, uh, the guy who's never going to get on the field. You know, that his his championship moment was getting to play for seven seconds or whatever. Um, then I was Tom Brady that was just going to go all the way to the top, be the greatest ever to ever play. So it took me a long time. Marino was very helpful with with me on that. Um, to figure out that I was sabotaging my own success with, you know, because of my own uh, self-worth, self-image issues. So first of all, same thing, same thing yeah. with my health, same thing with my yeah. fitness, same thing with my weight. Um, you know what I mean? It's, I've, I've, I've dealt with that in lots of different forms. I still deal with it today. I'm 56 years old and I'm still dealing with this stuff. It's crazy from being, you know, when you were a kid, uh, still deal with it. So I feel like I know you pretty well and I've never heard you say that. So thank really? you. I, yeah. Like I've heard oh. little bits and pieces, but you've never really been that, uh, forthright really about it. So I really appreciate yeah. that. I think that's really powerful. Uh, how, how, okay. So how do you step out of that then? Because now, obviously, you're a wealth generation machine. I love that you said you deal with it every day because I, I just did a whole thing about imposter syndrome because everything in my life is exploding right now. I've never had this many eyes on me, even though I've had a big social media following. The podcast has changed the game. My Everything has just gone really crazy for me. And I was dealing 
it was a lot with imposter syndrome. I mean, like Trent Shelton's like, yes, I'd love to be on your podcast. I'm like, shut up. What? Uh, and I mean, it was pretty, pretty crazy for me too. But for you, I mean, how did you decide then to go all in? How have you been dealing with, with this, you know, even kind of on, you know, a daily basis, like you mentioned, and how are you then stepping more into that power? I know you mentioned Marina's helped you a lot with it, but is there anything specific that you could <clears throat> tactically give people maybe? Well, I mean, yeah, once you realize uh, that you raise your awareness, you realize that you might be self-sabotaging your business, uh, your life, your health, your wealth. It's <clears throat> awareness is the thing. So <clears throat> let's say you make money, but you never have any. That's probably self-worth. <clears throat> that's that's creating that. You're sabotaging that in some way. So if you become aware of that, now you can make a list of what are the things that I've done in the past that sabotaged my ability to have financial freedom. And make a list. It might be <clears throat> bad partnerships, bad investments, crazy spending, feeling like the urge that it, as soon as you get some money in the bank that you have to spend it as quickly as possible. You got to get those credit cards maxed out. You got to get a house that's more than you can afford. You got to get a car that's more than you can afford. Go ahead and take that vacation. Put yourself into some credit card debt, whatever it happens to be. Uh, um, delay paying your taxes. You know, uh, file extensions on your taxes. You can deal with it later. Even when you could have paid it. Yeah. Don't, don't hire... Um, or or surround yourself with a a team to, to do the responsible things that you should be doing for your finances, right? Um, <clears throat> those are the, all the things that I've done. So once I once I have that as a list, if I if I catch myself doing those things, it becomes a trigger. You go, oh wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm thinking about going into business with this person that I don't even know. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about investing into a, a business that I have no knowledge of. I'm thinking about, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just out of laziness. I'm, I'm going to postpone my taxes just because the government said I could until July 15th. Why? Why? I don't have to do that. Why am I doing that? It doesn't even make any sense. Mm. I, I don't need to buy, a, you know, something else. I another big car or whatever until I create some, some financial freedom, you know, a wall around my family. So learning to recognize those things, you know, you need to take that $20,000 vacation when you don't have $20,000 invested wisely. Do you, do you need to take a $10,000 vacation when you have ten thousand dollars in credit card debt, oh. you know, think think about these things, right? So that that's it on the, the the wealth side, but but I have triggers on all different kinds of sides. So if I find myself engaged too much in hobbies or whatever, and not enough in productive activity, I realize that. I'm, I'm slowly sliding into apathy in some areas 
and I need to focus on, I need a new project. Mm. You know? So triggers in all different kinds of, one, become aware of the, the situation. And here's, if you, to wonder if you have a situation, here's what you need to do. What keeps happening to you? What are the repeating patterns in your life? My boyfriends keep cheating on me. Uh, I, I, I'm constantly behind on my bills. Um, everybody lies to me. Uh, whatever. What keeps happening to you? Because you're attracting whatever that thing is, right? What keeps happening over and 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 over your whole life? Evaluate those things under a harsh spotlight. Take, find out what you're doing as the piece of that. Find out what triggers those activities and then work to trick your mind. My trick for my mind is to come up with a project. Like my weight loss thing recently was a project during this pandemic that I was going to take charge of, of, of uh, what I was eating mostly. And I was going to lose the weight that I haven't lost in a long time uh, during this situation while everybody was going the other way. And it's part of the rebellious thing. Everybody's gaining weight, so I'm going to lose weight. Ha, 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 right? Um, <clears throat> if everybody was losing weight, I'd probably want to gain weight. That's how sick I am. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, with any of those things, if, if you raise your awareness, if you just if you you put a spotlight on it and then find a way to a coping mechanism that will work for you. Yeah. So that coping mechanism might be to surround yourself with people who will support this new behavior. That coping mechanism might be creating a support system around you that will hold you accountable to what you want to get done. Uh, it might be um, having professionals help you with your finances to, to slap you in the face if you're doing something stupid. Um, you know, Marine is a great, great counterbalance because if I'm swinging way over here, she's going to say, hey, hey, hey. And I'm a counterbalance to her sometimes too, but she, she more to me. So, yeah, that, that's essentially how I operate and, and what's worked well for me. But since I let go of being wealthy is evil, um, hard for a rich person to get into heaven you know, all the movies are rich people are assholes and the poor scrappy people are noble. Um, that I didn't have to be Rudy. I could be Tom Brady. Um, everything took off. <laughs> and now it wasn't, and it wasn't on for, for another way I needed to trick my brain. Right. Because I felt, you know, even saying that feels weird. Yeah. Feels selfish. Feels selfish, right? Yep. Um, knowing that what I do at the foundation of it is to contribute to the lives of other people. I'm here to contribute, but I'm also here to make sure my family is taken care of in case something happens to me. Right. I'm also here to provide an example to my kids and my grandkids. I'm, you know, for, so, but, but the core, the foundation of why I do what I do, I don't have to do what I'm doing now at all for money. Money things taken care of a long time ago. The survival is not a problem. Um, lifestyle is not a problem. The thing that keeps me up at night now is how can I find a way to contribute to more people? And is it okay to, to personally benefit from helping more people? 
Mm. And the answer is yes, mm -hmm. it is. And uh, if you feel guilty about doing well, some people respond to that by giving, you know, going crazy with charity and stuff like that and giving it all away and staying broke. Um, I, I, I think, you know, we give a tremendous amount to, to charity uh, personally, but don't do it out of guilt. Mm. Do it out of contribution. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, a, a big turning point in my life. Jim Rohn was a big uh, mentor of mine. And personal development giant. Yep. And he was at an event. I had hired him to speak. And he came up and they gave him this big, huge standing ovation. And he said, thank you for that warm welcome. I deserve it. And I went, what? Jim, no, don't say that. It's just, oh, man. It, it, it made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. But he was trying to teach a lesson that self-worth is important and acknowledging the truth is important. And he was the one that told me to repeat after me, I'm worthy, I am capable, and I am deserving. And I remember I told that story at a GoPro event. Mm -hmm. And I told the whole crowd, uh, how uncomfortable it made me feel. And and I told him I still couldn't even say I deserve it. And then they all started pounding on me from the from the audience saying, Come on, you deserve it. Come on, say it, say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. And I turned beet red. I it was so difficult. I was like, no, 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 no. It's not about me. No, 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 no. So finally I said, Thank you. I deserve it. And I, and they, they went crazy. How did it but feel? I was, huh? How did it feel? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. It felt so egocentric. It felt so against all of my programming. It, I wanted to crawl under the stage. I wanted to go, you know, but, you know, I put on a good face. Hey, thank you. It was a good moment. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's, let me quick introduce the next speaker. Um, and get out of here because it, it, but it showed me how much work I had to do. Yeah. I had a lot of work to do. I had a similar moment. You know, obviously Jim Rohn's passed away. I saw Oprah a couple of months ago, pre quarantine yeah, yeah. in Dallas. And she kind of said the same thing. She was talking about, um, her, her boyfriend Stedman was saying something, you know, says in, they used to have arguments, you know, around being Oprah's and boyfriend. Related, and, before you, before you go on with the story, I related to Oprah the, her whole career because she was fat because you know she would she she had her discipline issues because she was the every person mm -hmm. she was the scrappy underdog she was relatable to everybody she wasn't all ms perfect yeah you know so go ahead with your story yeah and she just pretty much said what you mentioned jim Rohn said and she's like yeah this is mine I am like she did. The, you know, she basically said the same thing. Yes, I built this. Yes, you are Oprah's boyfriend. You know what? Like that says a lot more about you if you're not okay with that. And I'm like, oh, like I sat there like I could never get on stage and ah, like I had that big barfola moment. It's tough. Uh, I, that by the way, these last like 15 minutes, y'all please rewind because I I usually kind of cut people off and I was like, nope, this is too good. This is too good. Uh, triggers and trauma responses and. Behavior 
behaviors and being, you know, being triggered and then cued and then going into the same thing over and over again. It really is, I think, a lot of what pe- it, it is the self sabotage. And I think we've yeah. all any anybody who's had levels of success, it's it is that. I mean, yeah. there's a level of self, and I've done it. I mean, I'm realizing it now even, and I think Corona kind of woke me up to that is I've, I'm, I'm at the top of the network marketing game, right? It's like, but that is, that is, that's this, that's this, that's this teeny tiny, okay, you've mastered network marketing. You know what? Like golf clap, you know, like wake up sister, wake up. You have been sabotaging so many other arenas, like g- g- let's go, let's go. So I, I want to, I, I really appreciate you going into that. And I think so many people, I mean, you gave them exactly what to do. The list of things. If you have not stopped the podcast and taken the action to make your list of things that triggers you, that throws you down a financial rabbit hole, a weight loss rabbit hole, a business sabotage rabbit hole, a relationship rabbit hole whatever it is in your life with the unhealthy behaviors i would just turn the podcast off now after you screenshot it and share it everywhere you know tag a friend and tag eric of course too and go make your list because i think it really is like you said it's that awareness it's the awareness of what we are doing wrong in our lives that stops us from being as powerful and as great as we can become so um i love that that was so good um Hey, you're welcome. I want to know what I I want to know what made you decide to do this mastermind group. And I say that because this isn't to pitch the mastermind, but if you are a six figure earner, I have to recommend it. Uh, I would reach yeah, out to Eric's it, team. It's 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 funny because I think you hear in everything. In this podcast is is a perfect example. You'll hear what you need to hear. Like the message you're supposed to get, you will get. And I get on every week. I don't think I've missed a single week. I'm a very consistent student. <laughs> Even on weeks when I'm like, I can't be there. I'm like, oh no, screw this. I'm moving this meeting. I'm getting in this mastermind. Uh, but I, I've heard so many little tiny <laughs> that my brain hears some thing and it takes my business to a next level. Last week, you know, we went over some finance stuff and I literally messaged my partner and I said, uh, yeah, that's going to save me. Like that's boom. That's 75 grand. He's like, Oh my God, what happened? I'm like, I mean, I just, my brain just clicks on. So the, I obviously everyone knows what a mastermind is, but it's top achievers in this profession in particular. We have an hour with you. Then we have direct access to you through Voxer or texts or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. but I just want to know what, what made you want to do that? What made you want to create a mastermind with this, you know, six, seven and eight figure earners in our profession? And, you know, what, what was this all inspired by? I'm really grateful you did it. But what was the what was the reasoning behind it? Well, and, and I will tell you, if anybody wants to learn more about if you're sick, you have to be a six figure earner currently in network marketing, the average earnings in the group is about 800,000, 750 to 800,000 a year. Um, but you're welcome if you're six figures and above, it will immediately pay for itself. Uh, if you, if you go to networkmarketingpro.com and then you'll see the next level mastermind there. I'll link it in the show notes for it. them. So we'll get that done. Yeah. You can click on it and apply, but I, I'm just a huge fan of, of a mastermind. And the idea is two minds create a third, more powerful mind. If two people get together and they, <clears throat> they brainstorm something, they can create, uh, something better than what each of them could do individually. So the idea was to take the best people or the, the, the top performing people inside of our profession 
and to get them together to discuss every possible issue from a leadership perspective you could think of. He said, we're talking about what to do during this pandemic, uh, how to utilize technology, what to do with live events, how do you deal with tr- problem children, how do you solve different uh, challenges within your organization, how do you interact with your company, uh, every issue there is you can think of, we discuss um, on a weekly basis. Yep. Now, this is different than traditional masterminds. I mean, a traditional mastermind is you'll get together three times a year for a couple days and everybody will share ideas. This is weekly. Uh, every week we get together when we sharing sharing what's working right now. And you you already know what's working inside your company, but you don't know what, what somebody innovated in some other company. Yeah. And it, it could work in yours. And one idea could add another $50,000 a year. Another idea could add another $100,000 a year. So we put this group together. And, and frankly, I haven't promoted it like I should just because – I'm rebellious to structured authority, and it's something that I should do. Quit your sabotage. Cut it out. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but there's a bunch of my friends that I just haven't even reached out to and let them know, hey, you need to be part of this. Here's what it's about. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe from this, uh, this will hold me accountable to go do that. Uh, I think if you're a six-figure earner in here, you're crazy because mm-hmm. it is it is literally global best practices every single week. Um, delivered in real time. It's just super special. So I love that you're in there. I love that you bring value. I love that the other people bring value. It's, uh, it's incredibly fun. He got me in there by uh, my favorite hours of the week. Oh, me too. You got me in with my big old mushy yellow heart. I was like, no, I don't know. Maybe later. He's like, Jesse Lee, the profession needs you. You have so much you can teach. And I was like, (laughs) take my money. And I, I love it. And the relationships have been great. And, uh, you know, it, I'll just let you, I mean, there have been. How much do you, how much do you think you uh, you will make based on what you've learned so far? Okay, well, can I just be honest with you? Because it's crazy. There's a lot. Like, there's things that I can directly tie back to it. There's one promotion. Now, this is not an income claim. Nothing I do is normal. If y'all don't know, Jesse Lee is not a normal network marketer. Then this is your warning. Okay, I am not normal. Uh, there was one little thing I did and I ran one promotion from it and in a weekend or like a, no, it was a 10 day thing. So I guess 10 days, no joke. The ROI boom was over $50,000. That's not an exaggeration. I can literally track that. And that's not even the ripple effect since then, but also the relationships, because again, of course I'm, I'm trying to contribute at a very high level every week. Uh, there was somebody who knew that a company was going under. They reached out to me. They said, I'm not leaving my company. I'm not doing this. They don't fit into this. They're looking for health and wellness. I said, cool. Uh, you can refer them. Uh, you know, they said, we, I want to refer them to you. I see the way you train. You coach so much in this mastermind. I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, so this gigantic Italy business I have. Gigant. I mean, they've, I mean, it's been four months. They've sold millions and millions of dollars. Again, not an income claim, but that, uh, that referral was because of the mastermind. And that, and yeah. so, I mean, and I'm like, a, I mean, the yeah, Italian team I'm if, obsessed if with. So. If you're not a six-figure earner, I would aspire to get into a six-figure um, earning group. Yes. And as soon as you do, join the mastermind. Yep. Uh, if, you're a, if you're currently a six-figure earner and you're not in it, I think you are literally leaving money laying on the ground. Yeah. 
I mean, and that's just... It's crazy not to be in it. If, and if nothing else, like, I don't want to make it all about the money because nothing I do is all about the money. I know you know that about no, me. No, but it's going to increase your contribution. No, it, it is. Work, and for however, me, God, it's the relationships. Yeah. Like, I, I love that I have these relationships and friendships with people that... Because I think sometimes, I don't know if anybody can relate to this who's listening, but you feel a little crazy because you are this network marketer who's crushing it or is trying to crush it and you're surrounded by naysayers. And it's like every single week I get an hour where... I mean, I get a lot of hours because people don't really say I'm... Well, they all know I'm crazy, but you know. Like where people are just uplifting and they're like, oh gosh, here's what's going on in the world. I just, it's, it's your people. It's your peers. It's the people who gas you up. And I love that. Um, I have one more question because uh, I want to respect your time and I know uh, it's so good. This is just so good. <laughs> um, I want to know what well, we'll makes, do it again. We'll, we'll, we'll do a follow-up sometime. Okay. Well, I got to be on your podcast. I'm just inviting myself yeah, on. Yeah. Okay, great. That was good. Good. I got, we got, we got confirmation for, you know, thousands of people now. So y'all heard it here first. If you want me on Eric's podcast, here's what you have to do. You have to screenshot this. You have to put it on your Instagram story. You have to tag me and tag Eric and you have to write on the, on the story. We want Jesse Lee on Eric's podcast and then we'll make it happen. You guys got to, you got to petition for me. Uh, and so, uh, oh, and while I'm doing that really quickly, uh, the letter of this podcast, I know this means nothing to you, Eric, but the letter of this podcast is T as in tornado, Texas tornado. Some people call me the Texas tornado. Don't worry about it. It's a giveaway. I give away some monies. Um, so my question, my final question, well, I got one after this, but what makes Eric Worry most proud? Hmm. Well, personal or professional? Let's do both. Why not? Personal is, 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 uh, seeing my kids contribute to the world, you know, seeing them be good parents, seeing them, um, you know, stepping into themselves and becoming valuable citizens uh, of the world, and and you know the fact that they're loving and caring and balanced and and smart. Congratulations, um, by the way. I know Taylor is expecting a baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so that that's probably on the personal side. Um, on the professional side, and this will come to the self worth thing, and it'll sound weird. The fact that I, and network marketing assisted me in this, but the fact that I went from bottom 20% of my class in high school, 18 jobs by the time I was 23, struggling, all kinds of mental software programming errors in my, in my brain, and I, I was able to build a career and build a life, a day at a time, a decision at a time, um, a software change at a time, and that I've been able to contribute in some ways small or in some some ways large to the profession that was so good to me. Um, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of what we've done in Network Marketing Pro. I'm proud of the, the book Go Pro. I'm proud of the number of people we're able to reach. I'm proud of the students that have come through and have gone on to pull me out. Maybe they, maybe they would have figured it out anyway, but maybe, maybe not so quickly. Maybe I was able to help them accelerate that just a bit. 
So I'm, pr- I'm proud of the community. I'm proud of network marketing as a profession. We got a long way to go, but yeah, that, that's how I'd answer that question. Yeah, well, it's definitely self-worth issues because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can, I mean, I, it is literally not quantifiable the amount mm. you've changed my life. And so mm. the people who makes me happy, I, I mean it though, because the, the people who are attached to me in this space, I met you when I was, I wasn't even a year in network marketing yet. And I realized how small I was playing because you just kept saying it. And I'm like, if this guy, okay, fine. You know what? He's going to know who I am. He's going to put me on his stages. He's going to, we're going to be friends. Like I just, I, yep. you, you pushed me. And you made, and, and I mean, I got to come for Jeff because, you know, I have to. And uh, you just can, you continue to make me raise that bar and you show me so much more of what's possible uh, based off of your own actions. Well, and- I'll tell you, you know, I, I was trying to remind you that you were playing smaller than you were capable of. And, uh, and I say the same thing to myself. I'm still playing small. Yeah. I'm 56, been in this profession for 30 years, and I still have to struggle every day giving myself permission to think bigger yeah. and um, get out of my own way. And I mean, permission is an important word. Mm-hmm. All of your listeners need to give themselves permission to go to that next rank. They need to give themselves permission to make more income. They need to give themselves permission to put their kids in that school. Mm. They need to give themselves permission to to go on that dream vacation. They, they need to give themselves permission to stop hiding their light in order to be able to make somebody else feel better. Well, you, Mr. So, GoPro, yeah. are an absolute world changer. I'm so blessed to call you my friend. And I'm so thankful that you came into my life a couple of years ago. And I'm very excited to see where this relationship continues to go as we both grow, get over our worthiness issues and take it to the top, whatever that looks like uh, for both of us. And I got to say, you mentioned a car, so I'll just say it. I also must have the Lamborghini Urus as well. So we can be car twins. Tell your gorgeous wife, you know. Uh, I want white, matte white with gold rims will be mine. So Marina wants the yellow. Okay. Well, get it, sister. She can it's have whatever like, she well, wants. I know, but it's just like, wow. I mean. It's a bold woman. Even, even you have a bold that, woman in your life. I dealing with myself with worth issues. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so, you know, we had two Rolls Royces sitting in the garage. Uh, I, I, I got rid of one, made me feel a little bit better. And now she wants to add a, you know, half a million dollar um SUV of course she uh, does to the collection <laughs> I'm just like oh my gosh so anyway um oh well I love it thank you so much for your vulnerability I appreciate on here you and your time. I appreciate everybody listening just know this every single one of you needs to think bigger than you've been thinking before you need to be stronger than your circumstance and your situation and you need to move faster Ooh. success love speed get out there make it happen I love it. Thank okay. you so much, Eric. Great to chat with you. Of course. Let's do it again sometime. Oh, we will. And we if, will. If enough people let me know, then uh, maybe I'll uh, have you inside of our podcast. Y'all better screenshot this sucker and put it in your story. That was, he just challenged me and he challenged you. So get this in your story. Tag both of us. I'm Boss Lee and at Eric Worry. I'll put it in the show notes. Eric, I love you and I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Love you too.